I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. The, the podcast. podcast, and I'm not Theo, and I'm not Juliet, and it's the start of the holiday season. The ha- Halloween is over, so this is going to be Christmas any minute now. Oh my I'm God. totally excited. Hi. No, you skipped <laughs> over Thanksgiving entirely. I know my husband's the same way. He's like, we can't do any anything Christmassy until Thanksgiving is over. But I did order a Christmas tree for delivery um, already, so the, the delivery will be on the thirtieth of November, which is as soon as I could get it. <laughs> <laughs> the tree's um, still growing, and you're there with still that. Growing. It's right, right, exactly. Uh, it's through the Guardsmen, which is an organization in San Francisco that um, sends kids to summer camp that can't afford to go otherwise. So that's really cool. And I got a wreath and some garland also. So I'm totally excited about that. Um, and Thanksgiving is going to happen. I, I acknowledge that Thanksgiving is a holiday that comes before Christmas. Uh, and we're going to Death Valley. I think I mentioned that last week. So I'm looking forward to that too. Um, Did you figure out your dinner? Uh, Thanksgiving? No, I haven't called yet. I'm going to call tomorrow. I kept forgetting to call the restaurant to make reservations. So I'm going to do it tomorrow. Don't delay because it'll be the saddest Thanksgiving in the world if you can't have turkey and cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes and all of the traditional belongings to a traditional holiday. What am I saying? Absolutely. I will be eating cliff bars in our room, sadly, (laughs) 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 which is not good. Um, Okay. So what else is, what's, what else, what other bacon do I have? Um, Since you asked, uh, Sarah Milliken, we saw her uh, on November 4th, which is Friday. Uh, She's an English comedian and she's on Taskmaster. If you've ever seen Taskmaster, she's on there and she's on a bunch of other British shows too, I think. Um, And she was at the Palace of Fine Arts and she was really good. Brent really enjoyed it. She's kind of a little crass. Her comedy is a little bit crass, but she's still really funny. And I I don't enjoy the crass comedy so much, but Brent definitely does. So he had a really good time and I had a good time too. Um, and I got my flu shot yesterday, so I'm feeling a little Ooh. bit sick today. Not, not too bad, but I know, very exciting. Uh, and I've lost about five pounds. So that's my bacon. That is, congratulations. I have gained Thank those five you. pounds that you lost. All the weight that you're losing <laughs> is coming straight to me. And I demand that you stop. Um, okay. Thank you. Easy. Thank you. I, I thank you, and my health thanks you. <laughs> What's up? What's shaking bacon What's shaking bacon over here? Uh, so I had a... I had a dinner with another friend, right? So you mm-hmm. may, careful listeners to our show will remember that last episode I had dinner with a friend and tripped over his streak of anti-Semitism. Um, yes. So I tripped over a friend's streak of innocence oh, at dinner. Oh, cute. And it was adorable and sweet. So here's what happened. By the way, she is a full grown-up. She is super smart. <laughs> she has traveled. She... She's like all together, right? The whole package. And so yeah. that's what makes that's what makes this so funny to me. Mm-hmm. I was talking to her and I, I mentioned um, OnlyFans, right? Yeah. 
And she said, what's that? And I yeah. said, oh, come on. And she said, no, seriously, I don't know what it is. What's OnlyFans? And I was like, oh, well, let me explain it to you. It's it's this and blah, blah. But it's mostly it's porn, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, she was like, no, I, I haven't heard of it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a whole thing. And like, you know, feet even is really yeah, big feet, on it, too. It seems like yeah. feet everywhere on OnlyFans. Yeah. And she said, um, some, it was a loud restaurant in my defense, mm-hmm. right? So she said something, 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 catfish feet. And I said, oh, my God, that's the best idea in the world. We should totally do an OnlyFans where we just have fake feet and we collect <laughs> money and we tell, because it's always guys, right? Uh-huh. So we tell guys, like, I'll send you my pantyhose <laughs> or whatever, right? right? For $45, you you can have these kitten heels that I'm wearing, right? Yeah. But yeah. None of it would obviously be our real feet, of course. Right? Your catfish feet. And she said, what are you talking about? I was like, well, you said catfish feet. And she said, catfish don't have feet. And I was like, I know oh, no, catfish don't know have feet. Oh, I am God. talking about fake feet to make money off of suckers, right? And right. she said, no, I have fattish feet. <laughs> Thank you for the million dollar marketing idea there. Um, and so then we're That's talking great. a little bit more and I, my conversations, I'm sorry, but, and she didn't know what a glory hole was. Oh my God. I know. Wow. And then she had the audacity to Google it because she thought I was lying to her. <laughs> she went to Google and she Googled glory hole. Oh my gosh. I was That's like, not smart. Um, and I'll say the photo that came up. Oh, my God. Uh, which was basically, it looked like someone had punched their fist through a plywood wall. It was all wow. jagged, right? Oh, my and God. She was like, That's not a very good glory hole. Why would anybody put their, through that? And I was like, nobody would. That, <laughs> that's not a thing. I, I don't know what to tell you, right? <laughs> so i delighted. That she has four children who are who are in college okay so um yes right and um let's see okay Uh, and then the other the only other bacon that i have is um i voted and went to the really rich part of town because voting super easy there and um in texas or at least in austin you can vote in grocery stores right which is awesome super convenient and um, so I went to the really nice grocery store in the really rich part of town um, super early in the morning because I'm on my way to work and went in. There was nobody there, but there were like 10 poll workers. Right. Wow. And then, of course, everybody's 100 years old. Right. Sure. sure. And uh, one of the ladies um, had heavily accented English and I mm-hmm. found it rather difficult. And she wasn't telling me anything that was like impossible to figure out mm-hmm. i just wanted to i just didn't want to do anything in any way where some texan was going to challenge my right to vote yeah. so i'm yeah. trying to be like fully cooperative and yeah not my normal mode of um operating usually i'm just like <laughs> what do i need to do i'm gonna go do it so right. um anyway i wanted to make sure that uh, everybody understood that i wasn't uh, some republican who was making some stupid like passive aggressive 
whatever bullshit remark because I asked her to repeat herself like three times for mm-hmm. one part that that I truly did not understand. And um, when she was done, I said, thank you very much for volunteering today. I, I think this is marvelous. And then just to everybody around me, all, all the poll workers, I said, um, you guys, I really appreciate your volunteering to do this. Thank you. And uh, this guy who looked um, like a Fox News watcher who was a volunteer poll worker said, we're all in this together. Oh, my God. And I cried while I voted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. And so it was uh, it was really touching. Um, I didn't realize that i had such feelings around voting yeah um but oh look at the segue i'm making for our topic uh, oh yeah but but i really do and it's like for for as much as i criticize i really do love this country um, sure uh it's somehow some way which is not a, that it's a surprise but I'm surprised to find this streak of patriotism running through me, which will bring us to our topic today. Yes, it sure does. Um, so uh, what happened was in September of this year, a restaurant uh, called The Clubhouse, which is part of the Aquia Harbor Country Club in Stafford, Virginia, posted a Patriot Day 2022 Seafood Sunday menu. And the menu is posted by the manager of the restaurant, George White. Um, And the menu was advertised as only available on the anniversary of the terrorist attack on September 11th with dishes that included Freedom Flounder, Flight 93 Redirect Crab Dip, Pentagon Pentagon Pie, 9-11 Oysters, First Responder Flatbread, a Remember Teeny, and the t- t- 2977 chowder, which referred to the number of people who died on September 11th. And if you couldn't pick one, you could have a never forget sampler, which had a little bit of everything. I, I, I just, and yeah, I mean, okay. I have done asinine, stupid things, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck ball, stupid, crazy, dumb things that I thought were good ideas. Sure, right? sure, sure, sure. Here's one. No, you didn't do this one. I didn't but. do this one. <laughs> and even I would be like, um, this is probably not maybe such not. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I get them a more anyway, we'll we'll get into it, but Yeah. But come yeah. on. The chowder? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The number of people um, the, that the died. The flight ninety three reader at crab dip refers to the uh, is is actually a name for hot crab dip with crostini, and it refers to the flight that crashed in Pennsylvania. If you remember, um, I'm sure everyone remembers. Well, maybe the people who aren't in the U S. don't remember, but that was the flight that um, crashed after the passengers and the crew tried to get control of the aircraft from hijackers and ended up dying. And and uh, but in doing so, prevented the plane from reaching its intended target, which I think was the capital in, in Washington, D.C. Um, the restaurant that did this is only about 45 minutes from the Pentagon. So it's sort of in the D.C. area. Um, and of course, at the Pentagon, 184 people were killed and it was heavily, heavily damaged in the attack. Um, so, yeah, not very smart. Um, they obviously got a lot of complaints and they changed 
their mind about the menu and changed it to like a football menu or something. Um, I have more about that later, but yeah, much, you were going to say? Much, much better idea. Yeah. I will say... I like the food on the menu. They had a lot of I know, photos right? of it. Yeah, I would eat any of that stuff. I'm going to have the sampler. It was it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would all of it. It looked really good. It's just the, I can't believe they named something Freedom Flounder. The names, the, the Remember Teeny. You know, that's terrible. I mean, three of those, and you won't be remembering. <laughs> that joke needs a little bit of work, but it's pretty solid. That's not bad. Just for yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of jokes, this story reminded oh. me of famous 9-11 jokes, um, which included Gilbert Gottfried's. And he actually, just like two or three weeks after 9-11, he was at a Friars Club roast for Hugh Hefner. And he said, I have a flight to California. I can't get a direct flight. They said they have to stop at the Empire State Building first. And people were shocked. And some people laughed. And one guy shouted, too soon, which the article I read said that that might be the first instance of someone using too soon after a joke. Oh. Uh, but I don't know. And Gilbert Gottfried was so pissed off that people didn't laugh that he went into an extended version of the aristocrats joke, which is famous. Um, but the, but people really laughed hard at the aristocrats joke that he told, but they did not find his um, his 9-11 joke funny. So, And this reminds me that... Um, it, when I was at Sarah Milliken um, on Friday, the opener, whose name I don't remember, was a dude um, who told a 9-11 joke, actually. He said that he was saying that his wedding um, that his wedding had been rescheduled like three times during the pandemic. And finally, he settled on September 11th as a date for his wedding because everything was available and flights were cheap. So, kind of a joke. Kind yeah. of funny. Kind of not. I mean, you know, I get it. But um, it is. A joke. Uh, it is 2000... a joke. <laughs> it is a joke. It is a joke. Whether it's funny or not, I don't know. People laughed and some people booed, actually, or some people were like, oh, in the audience that night. Um, but in 2002, which is just a year after the um, September 11th, Joan Rivers made fun of the September 11th widows whose firefighting husbands were killed in the attacks. She said that since the widows had been paid $5 million each, how disappointed they'd be if they were told that their husbands had been found alive. I'm not, I am not finding, that is, I smiled. That, <laughs> you did smile, I saw. I did. Um, she, um, she got a lot of, of pushback on that one, too. Um, but what, in what Entertainment Weekly said might be the most offensive commercial ever, in 2016, Miracle Mattress of San Antonio, Texas, briefly ran a commercial promoting a sale themed around September 11th. In the commercial, the Store daughter's owner explained how the store was recalling the Twin Towers collapse by selling all its inventory at the price of twin-sized mattresses for the weekend. This is a real commercial, by the way, with the slogan, Twin Towers, Twin Price. At the end of the ad, she pushed two employees into twin piles of mattresses, one of which was topped with the American flag, and both towers collapsed. After briefly expressing shock and horror, she turned to the camera and said, We'll never forget. So that didn't go over very well either. Not at all. And I want to say I have seen, <laughs> not on TV. I think I have YouTube. You've this. seen this ad? I, I think so. Um, have you? It sounds so familiar. Were you in Texas in 2016? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been there? Must we? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need yeah. to know. As I moved here, we arrived on July 6th of 2006. <laughs> okay. So that's the 3, same 14 year. 3.14 p.m. 2006. Oh, wow. So that's a while back. Yeah, it's like 16 years. 15, 16 years. 
Congratulations on your upcoming anniversary of moving to Texas. Thank you so much. <laughs> In July. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the best thing I think that it was sort of a joke, it was a joke, around September 11th was in 2018, The Onion published a fake um, 9-11-themed subway advertisement. And The Onion article read, Citing a wide range of deals customers will never forget, fast food chain Subway announced an exciting new promotion this week to honor and commemorate September 11th. With a number of terrific discounts on special sandwiches, as well as our classic foot longs, you'll always remember where you were on September 11th, Subway President Fred DeLuca told reporters, referring to Subway's special promotion, which for a limited time only, visitors of the restaurant's tens of thousands of franchise locations will be able to fly on in and pick up two foot-long subs of their choice for only $9.11. From the structural steel melt on Tower 7 grain bread to the Twin Chowers cold cut combo with ground zero carb vinaigrette on a let's whole wheat roll, we've got something for everybody this September 11th. DeLuca oh added that God. this... Keep going, get promotion please. will be first responders first served. Uh, I mean, I will say whoever had the privilege of writing that, <laughs> um, well done. And they it's, obviously had a good time. I yes. Mean, yeah. yeah. That, I think it's kind of funny. I laughed, obviously. Um, but people responded negatively, said that it was in poor taste, and asked on totally Twitter, what agreed. is wrong with you? <laughs> it is in poor taste. It um, is in very poor taste. I think some things we funny. just don't joke about, if at all, right? Our grandchildren, yours and mine, will be able to joke about this. And since we'll never have grandchildren, no one will uh-huh. ever be able to joke about it. But no, so like two generations from now. Yeah, people will make jokes. Yeah, and it'll it, be okay. It, it'll, it'll be, be okay. far enough receipt, far enough away from the events that they they weren't there to experience what it was like to see the towers collapse, so they won't have that emotional response that we do. Right, um, is my opinion. And anyway. that sense of shame for not only um, laughing a little tiny bit at other people's yeah, horrific at people's pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Feel bad about that, but. Um, the, on the other hand, the Onion's first issue after September 11th was released on September 27th, and it had a, a pretty good reception, which is, surprises me, um, because most of the articles in it were in response to the attacks on September 11th. And the leading article is titled, U.S. Vows to Defeat Whoever It Is We're at War With. And other headlines were, American Life Turns into Bad Jerry Bruckheimer Movie, and Not Knowing What to Do, Woman Bakes American Flag Cake. Um, jokes that directly poked fun at the loss of life, like we were talking about, were cut, such as America stronger than ever, says Quadragon officials. <laughs> I like that one. So that's my wrap up. Um, this is my wrap up. I'm wrapping up my <laughs> story. <laughs> what have you got for us, Theo? Um, the one thing about September 11th uh, um, that has always sort of stayed with me has been that it can never become an American holiday because we never want people to have casual picnics or look forward to it as a day off, right? Uh-huh. That that this horrible moment in history must remain horrible, right? And gotcha. I'm there. I I would not be going to the September 11th barbecue. No, that anybody that would, be too would be throwing, much. right? No, um, it's uh. It's it's a thing, right? And I yeah. think um, probably most people that lived, I'll say lived through that day, I lived through it on TV, but um, 
I know we've had an episode where we where we talked about this, but I knew somebody that worked in the World Trade Center mm-hmm. and survived, and it wasn't at work that day. It was actually late, so so everything was fine. But I didn't know that for right. twelve to fourteen hours. It was not a fun day, um, and so um, so all that aside, I thought, okay, why? isn't it a federal holiday? And then sort of like real loosely, what are federal holidays? So here we go, kids. Why do some things get to be federal holidays? Other things don't. And then what is a federal holiday? Get ready. Mm -hmm. I did some real hard Googling for this. Um, (laughs) So federal holidays, technically national holidays don't exist in the U.S. Um, Neither the president nor Congress has ever asserted its power to declare a holiday that binds all 50 states. Um, But Congress has the power to establish federal holidays that apply only to federal employees and the District of Columbia. And so this sort of touches upon this goofy structure the United States has where the District of Columbia isn't really a state because in the early founding days of the country, the fear was that any state that hosted the capital would amass all of the power and become the most powerful state in all of the mm-hmm. United States, right? Mm-hmm. So they didn't want that to happen. And so that's why D.C. just has sort of this weirdness about it, right? It's a state. It's not a state. So the people in D.C. Um, mostly work for the government. And so the government gives its workers the day off. Um mm-hmm. The first four congressionally designated federal holidays were created in 1870, uh, and that's when Congress granted paid time off to federal workers in the District of Columbia for New Year's Day, Independence Day, Thanksgiving Day, and Christmas Day. Nice. In 1880, George Washington's birthday was included. Um, In 1885, Congress extended holiday coverage for some holidays to all federal employees. And what they mean by that is... When they first coughed up this idea of like, oh, let's give everybody in D.C. the day off and give them off, we'll give it with pay. Federal workers in other states did not receive that same benefit. So if you lived and worked in D.C., you got Christmas Day off with pay. If you were a federal worker in, I don't know, name another state, Texas, Virginia, (laughs) um, name another state, North Carolina. Name another state California, you haven't lived in. And Utah, one you haven't lived in. Okay. Uh, Oregon. Mm, Pennsylvania. Okay. None of those people in any of those states got paid for the day off. They, You either had to work, you took the day off with your own pay, right? Um, let's see here. Uh, in 1888, Congress added seven more federal holidays. Um, they created Decoration Day, which is now Memorial Day. Um, Labor Day in 1894, um, Armistice Day in 38, which we now call Veterans Day, Inauguration Day, I mean, like, okay, who cares about that? Columbus Mm -hmm. Day in 1968, Martin Luther King's birthday in 1983, and then Juneteenth in 2021. Um, In 1968, the Uniform Monday Holiday Act was enacted to provide for uniform annual observances of all of Washington's birthday, Memorial Day, and Veterans Day. So basically they were like, hey, let's uh, try and get three-day weekends out of these federal holidays. And so good for them for doing that. 
Um, okay, so creation of federal holidays, going back to 1870 and the creation of the first holidays, when Congress passed the first federal holiday law, the federal government employed about 5,300 workers in D.C. and approximately another 50,000 around the country. Um, the distinction between federal employees working in D.C. and those elsewhere proved important because the initial Holiday Act only applied to the federal workforce in D.C. Federal employees in other parts of the country did not receive holiday benefits until at least 1885. So what? That's like 15 years. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see here. Decoration Day slash Memorial Day. In 1888, Decoration Day. Now, Memorial Day became a holiday for federal workers in the District of Columbia. Decoration Day was likely created primarily because a great big number of federal employees had all served in the Civil War, right? And so they took this day off to commemorate their participation in the war, mourn for uh, friends, family who had died, etc. And their absence from work meant a loss of a day's wages, some members for Congress felt that the federal employees should be allowed this day as a holiday with pay so they may not suffer loss of wages um, by reason of joining and paying their respects to the memory of those who died in the service of their country. Right. See. And that feels like a real honorable way yeah. of deciding that, like, we're going to make this a holiday. Right. Because you guys are going to do this anyway. And you've suffered enough. You shouldn't have to suffer a loss of money while you go through this private feeling well, I don't want to use the word celebration, but I, so I don't know what to call it, right? Event, there, ceremony. There's lots of words that don't involve celebration that I could have used. <laughs> I just couldn't think of one. Um, Labor Day. In 1894, Labor Day became a federal holiday. Um, it was created to honor the country's labor, the holiday stood in contrast to previous federal holidays designated to commemorate traditional celebrations like Christmas or New Year's or patriotic celebrations, wars or individuals. So this is like the first holiday that's all about like, yay, workers, right? Yay. yay. Um, and its report on the legislation, the House Committee of Labor stated, the use of national holidays is to emphasize some great event or principle in the minds of the people by giving them a day of rest and recreation, a day of enjoyment in commemoration of it, meaning whatever the whatever the thing is we were celebrating, right? Um, by honoring labor with a holiday, the committee report suggested the nation will assure that the nobility of labor will be maintained. So long as the laboring man can feel that he holds an honorable as well as a useful place in the body politic, so long will he be a loyal and faithful citizen. Okay. I mean, have you met any people? Um, <laughs> with time, the committee felt the celebration of labor as a national holiday on the first Monday in September would naturally lead to an honorable emulation among the different crafts beneficial to them and to the whole public. It would also tend to increase the feeling of common brotherhood among men in all crafts and callings, and at the same time kindle an honorable desire in each craft to surpass the rest. Again, I ask you, have you met any people? <laughs> a reasonable amount of rest and recreation marks a work marks makes a workman more useful as a craftsman. So all right. A lot of like real high 
value, ethical, lofty. Thank you. That's it. Exactly. Right. Um, Reasons behind and a lot of lofty aspirations. We'll give you this day off and it's just going to make you a better person. Right. A better worker. A better, well, a better worker, but a happier worker too. Yes. A happier worker. Yes. Happier workers are productive workers. (laughs) Work makes us free. Oh, no, that's um, Auschwitz. What did, um, don't, don't, don't go there. <laughs> uh, what, what was it in Orwell in 1984? Um, I don't know. Whatever. But something, I don't know. Something like work makes us happy, but yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. Um, so let's see here. So what about September 11th, right? As to the current status yeah. of September 11th, Congress has dubbed it a National Day of Service and Remembrance. Oh. That's cool. Right. And it touches upon those lofty, aspirational uh, drivers when Congress makes a national holiday or federal holiday, I should say. Um, However, I shouldn't say however, because it's not however. Um, So it is a national day of service and remembrance, and it is officially known as Patriot Day. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. I did not know that either. And every time I see the word Patriot, my eyes just glaze over. It just makes me cringe. Yeah. Patriot. Patriot Day, where you can have freedom fries. I remember all that, guys. Um, Congress has the power to make Patriot Day a permanent federal holiday. Right now, there are 10. Let's list them. There's New Year's Day, right, when everybody's hungover. President's Day. I guess that was holiday. I mean, sure. I know it is. February, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Independence Day. I know. Recognize that as a three-day weekend. I guess President's Day is a three-day weekend, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Thanksgiving Day. You know I know that one. Hello, four days. Christmas Day. Yippee. Yay, my favorite. Memorial Day. Veterans Day. Columbus Day slash Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, Labor Day. And Martin Luther King's um, Jr.'s birthday. So... Only federal employees and employees of in the District of Columbia are guaranteed these days off, which is why some of us have to work on Columbus Day slash Indigenous right. Peoples Day. Shortly after the September 11th attacks and during their 10th anniversary, um, there were plenty of calls to make Patriot Day a holiday. So they, they named it Patriot Day like in 2001, right? Oh, okay. This wasn't like a recent uh, naming. Um Let's see. So they uh, they wanted to make it a holiday, um, mostly out of fear that it would be forgotten by an apathetic public. Again, I ask Seems you, unlikely. have you met people? Yeah. What? I mean, sh- yeah, people can be apathetic, but I think that one was a, was a pretty big fucking deal. Um, yeah. It was the COVID of the early 2000s. Um, Joe Pertel, a Republican consultant living in Virginia made um, a case on Fox News. So you already know I'm saying Fox News and Republican, and we're talking September 11th. But this is like in 2011 when Republicans were still sane, um, largely. So so. here's what he says. This is my best Republican. See if I can pull (laughs) out my uncle's voice. What are you doing? No. Okay. (laughs) In the years following the 9-11 attack, Congress has taken care to mark the day with moments of silence and resolutions. But those proclamations, while important, rarely gain the awareness of everyday Americans. Surely this effort will inspire the cynics to suggest that commemorating September 11th will eventually relegate it to another day of barbecues and baseball games with only passing regard 
to the heroes of that day. Yet in a deeper sense, there can be no greater response to an attack that was launched on our very way of life than to celebrate the institutions, gatherings, and freedoms that drove our enemies to violence. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I mean, you know what? I'll say, like, point taken, sir. I, I do... I do um, understand that as a uh, as a person who belonged to um, queer nation and act up there mm-hmm. there is something about taking what people hate about you and just rubbing it right in their face right mm-hmm. so okay I, I get your point um, there is some credence to concerns that a September 11th holiday would be trivialized by commercialism tumble down trailer it's Hello. Nope, that's not it. It is Tumble Down Trails Golf Course. So another golf course located near Madison, Wisconsin, got in trouble for offering nine holes of golf for nine dollars and eleven cents to commemorate mm-hmm. the twelfth anniversary of nine eleven. Wow. September eleventh is also just a few days after Labor Day, meaning that if the U.S. government decided to make that um, a holiday. They would either have to move Labor Day or we would September would have like two three day weekends in it. And that's just nothing wrong with that. Too much freedom. Too much freedom. <laughs> too much patriotism. Too much freedom. To, you can't, workers can't be idle. Um, yeah. There's another reason that September 11th probably won't be a holiday anytime soon. Federal holidays cost money. Every uh, federal holiday costs the U.S. government $450 million in employee pay and lost productivity. Um, I'd like to see that split between pay and productivity. Um, but okay, I'll take I'll I'll take your number, Library of Congress, if you say so. Um, in 2007, Montana State uh, Representative Don Ryan tried to solve the cost problem by suggesting that September 11th could be made into a holiday instead of Columbus Day. One Italian American lawmaker um, told the Irish American Ryan. Why don't you take away St. Patrick's Day? Well, the reason is St. Patrick's Day is a federal holiday, sir. I Not a federal you holiday, yeah. It. Yeah, and also, fuck you, how dare you come after the Irish? We will, <laughs> if you met any Irish people. Um, just because it's not a federal holiday now, however, doesn't mean that it will never be. Martin Luther King's birthday wasn't a holiday until 1984. Memorial Day, initially created to honor fallen Union soldiers, wasn't declared a federal holiday until 1967. And Thanksgiving, that was officially made a federal holiday by Abraham Lincoln more than two centuries after the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. Mm. The end of my book report. Wow. I just got thrown by the pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock thing. I have to say about that. But <laughs> Well, there was a lot of Thanksgiving, like federal holiday <laughs> stuff. And I was like, yeah. save it. Yeah, Save it'll be Thanksgiving it. soon enough. And there's so we many. Talk ab- about it then. That's what we should do for the rest of November. Just do like Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving apologies. apologies, right? And then Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Okay, fair enough. And Unless Hanukkah. something really juicy comes up, like Kanye West apologizing again or something. <laughs> oh, God. You know. Um, he has really doubled down on his assholishness. Twitter is such a horrible place now, right? Yeah. And it wasn't that awesome to start off with, but right, it was exactly. fun, right? Yeah. It was like, it was bad, but it was 
fun bad. It was entertaining, right? And now it's just bad, right? Now it's now it's just bad. Yeah, mm. uh, everybody's going well, to. Well, good. I'm glad. I hope Elon Musk bites it for real. I hope that he loses so much money. Well, he already has. He spent more on it than it was worth. So even more, I hope he yeah. he loses more yeah. money. Um, Behind you. Commercial for Mastodon, and this is free. They're not paying us. Um, everybody on Twitter is apparently headed over to Mastodon, Mastodon. which is a very confused, loose, federa- loose federation yeah. of servers, and I don't understand yeah. it, and I tried to sign up, and I couldn't figure it out. I went out. over there, and I signed up, and I was like, I don't want to pick a group to belong to. I want to see everything, and, and the, you couldn't really do that, and then I was like, I'm not going to bother with this. I'm too old. I'm too old for Mastodon. It's It's too much trouble. But all the people, I shouldn't say all, a lot of the people that I follow have moved there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but then how do I find them? And I don't know, but I guess I'll, I will figure it out this coming week. Um, But one of the things I I will say that I do like about it is, uh, all right, so I did deactivate my Twitter account. Yeah, me too. But I did reactivate it because I missed it so much. (laughs) And I'm apologizing to you now. I'm sorry. And I know I'm horrified. I shouldn't. I'm going to be deactivating it because honestly, every day it just goes. There's more it's Marjorie more Taylor depressing every day. More, more tweets from that woman from that place than I ever want to see, and they're like all oh, over my God. feed now. Um, That's awful. Yeah, it, it's just terrible. But so um, the CEO of Mastodon, somebody, I don't know, somebody footed him. It's the term they use over there footed? instead of tweet. Because oh of a mastodon and the big heavy feet they would have. Sure. Stomp, stomp, stomp. You know what feet do, but they stomp, stomp, stomp. So, <laughs> so this guy, random wannabe troll, right? Yeah. Um, was like, uh, the CEO was explaining like how they moderate their content. And it mentioned something about like, you know, we don't need Nazi sympathizers here or yeah. actual Nazis posting stuff. And some troll was like, LOL, Nazis are so long ago. They're not around anymore. Why don't you just try and be a sane person and not everybody on the right-hand side of politics is a Nazi? And the CEO said, that bullshit doesn't work on me, man. Excellent. And I was like, signing up. Hello, right here. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Um, Oh, that's good. Maybe I'll go back and try to use it again. I'm going to... I'm going to... Molly Jong fast figured it out. I'm going to figure it out. All right. That's fair. We can do it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's everything I have other than rating the apology from... Um... George White. So George White, who's the manager of the Clubhouse restaurant who made this menu up, um, did give an apology. And he said, I apologize for those I offended with the 9-11 Seafood Sunday post. My intention was to bring attention to that horrific day 21 years ago. To honor those who lost so much as well as those who gave everything that day. We will have a new theme tomorrow. And so they did later post a new menu dedicated to football with items like the touchdown teeny, coin toss chocolate pie, and offense oysters, which is not a good name for an oyster. No, not at all. <laughs> it starts with an O, though. I get where he's going. So let's look at what um, the apology did. Was there an expression of regret? Not really. No. Um, an explanation of what went wrong? Well, he said his intention was was good. So I guess so. Yeah. An announcement of responsibility? Yeah, he said he did it. Um, no declaration of repentance. Uh, not really an offer of repair. He did change the menu. Changing the so menu. Arguably, that's repair. repair. Arguably. Okay. Right? Okay. I'll take that. Uh, and then uh, no request for forgiveness. So I'm going to rate this apology a four out of ten. 
oh, I'm going to go lower than you. I'm giving it a three, oh, right? Unusual. Um, yeah, it's super unusual. I should just, <laughs> whatever I do is like, I wait for you to give your number. And I'm <laughs> and like, add one. she's smart. Just add one and be smarter than her. <laughs> so I'm giving it a three and I'm giving it a three mostly because it's it's the, I'm sorry you were offended. Exactly. Right? I apologize for those I offended. Yeah. Take, and I apologize for doing something really stupid. Take that bit out and I'd be yeah. at a four- Potentially five, but good solid okay. three. Okay, fair enough. So that's a 3.5 for this <laughs> week's apology. <laughs> and do you have a who's sorry now or an apology expected this week? Um, I have a who's sorry now. And so it's okay. it's dumb, but it's the only thing my brain could cough up because, of course, I forgot okay. all about this segment. Uh, 107, <laughs> 106 episodes in? Something like that. Um, I'm supposed to know this stuff by now and i don't well i forgot this week too and i don't have one because i can't come up with anything so i'm not even that smart so you go for it and all i need to do is just get a post-it note and write the word <laughs> like apology expected and stick it on right. my computer and it would always be there am i smart enough to do Same. that no nope Same. Um, or i could set a reminder on Same. my phone dumb um yes i have an apology and it's um it's to there my friend i can't remember his daniel uh it was to my friend daniel i used to work with at disney um uh-huh. i was a famously bad cook in my 20s because i grew up in a house oh, really? of tv dinners oh yeah are yeah everything was cooked at 350 degrees for 25 minutes right <laughs> my whole entire life i do that except 425 <laughs> 350 degrees i actually until I was like 25, I wondered what the other <laughs> temperatures were for oh, on the funny. oven dial. I thought it was like oh, that's funny. either bullshit and fake or like for real fancy <laughs> souffle cooks or something, right? So everything, 350. <laughs> so anyway, I oh, I wanted to learn how to cook. And my friend Jody was trying to teach me because, you know, the joke uh-huh. like they're such a bad cook. They don't know how to boil water. Ha uh, ha Yes. I think I've told this uh, to you before. Um, yeah, sure, right? Like, I knew how to boil water, but then I was like, maybe there is a way to boil water. Like, maybe you heat the pan first and pour the water in. <laughs> maybe you're supposed to do it that way. Or, because I had learned from a friend that in order to cook macaroni and cheese, because in my house, it, all food came out of a box, right? Okay, um, sure. In order to cook macaroni and cheese... You had to let the water boil first, and then you added the pasta. But what I would do is I would yeah. throw the pasta in, throw the water in, and then bring it to a boil, and it would all stick together. I see. Right. Yeah. So this is how you prevent it sticking. Yeah. This is how I learned to cook. So, um, <laughs> so I asked Jody once, right? Like that boiling water thing. Like, is there a way to boil water? She was like, "You are so dumb. I cannot believe <laughs> you are actually asking that question." Right. And it was like, I'm asking you because you were a really good cook and you know how to cook. And so like help. And so she, so she helped me. Right. Oh, over Aww. time. Right. Um, anyway, so I then got into wanting to like make dinner for my friends and I invited Daniel and his boyfriend over and I made lime spaghetti. Lime spaghetti. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. And that's exactly what they said when I served it to them. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Yep. Well, how did you make this spaghetti? Uh-huh. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I'm sorry. Because uh-huh. I wanted to take everything up a notch. And I oh just didn't want to just, like, make spaghetti. I wanted to, like, oh, my wow. God, Theo, you're the best, most debated creative cook in the world. That and is so creative. I was like, well, I think lime would go with red sauce. Oh, my so, God. So, okay, right? And um, I just zested a little lime over uh-huh. the spaghetti. Yeah. And they wow. ate it. Not the whole thing. Oh, they're sweet. Yes. Yep. It was awful. <laughs> it was It was totally awful. It was awful. nice of you to make them dinner, though. That was really nice. That dish is the dish that I learned from. Right. And it's like, stick to the recipe. Don't deviate. You don't know how to cook, but you can manage to get some macaroni and cheese going without burning the house down. So small steps. So there we are. My apologies to them. I'm really sorry, guys, that I forced my creativity onto you. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Very cute. Okay. Like I said, I don't have an apology because I have never done anything wrong. So that's the end of that. Um, no. And I think that's it's the end of our episode. Perfection. I, I think it is too. I'm hearing the end calling. Hey, <laughs> so Joanne, it's the end of the show. Stay, stay cool, cucumbers. And remember, we love you. I and we'll see it. you next week. Yeah, we love you. We'll talk to Bye. you next week. Bye, everyone. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>